Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, Jay Gilbert's with me as well. How you doing, Jay? Good, Michael. Thank you. You know, it's already a crazy month. I can't even remember. Have we recorded anything yet this month? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. (laughs) Who remembers? It's all a blur these days. Who remembers? The last week has been like the last 10 months. Yeah. Um. Anyway, before we get into this week's guest, uh, which is a great discussion about yeah. uh, music conferences, mm-hmm. um, quick shout out to our, our supporters and our sponsors. Thank you so much to Bruce and Hypebot and everybody at Bands in Town. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing. And as well as our sponsors, Bandzoogle. Built by musicians for musicians, Banzoogles, an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK. Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are built in, including hosting and a custom domain name. Dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, of course, social media integrations, and amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So we put together a great little offer with with Banzoogle. Head over to banzoogle.com, register and try it for free for 30 days. Use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And of course, DiscMakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, t-shirts, online and at gigs has become an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So head over to DiscMakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs, and when you check out, use the promo code FREEBIZ you'll save up to $150 in shipping costs. So who's joining us this week, Jay? We've got a great guest, Michael. We've got Daryl Herz uh, from uh, CD Baby based in Toronto, Canada, but also CEO of Indie Week. And you and I talked about this a little bit. You know, there's an Indie Week uh, in the United States put on by A2IM. This is Indie Week Canada, which actually has been around for much longer. It's been around for about 17 years. And uh, Daryl has some really great insights on virtual conferences and what's going on with the music biz today. Yeah, it's it's great listening. Uh, this this should be of interest to every musician from the the bigger ones to the smaller ones. Worldwide, it's all, it's all about the value of online conferences and where they're going and and mm-hmm. why. In some way, COVID has made it better for artists and uh, and conferences. Oddly enough. Let it roll, and we'll see you at the end. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Banzoogle. 
Go to bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Today we're joined by Daryl Herz, Director of Market Development for CD Baby based out of Toronto, Canada and CEO of Indie Week in Canada. Uh, Daryl, thanks so much for joining us today. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation today because I think we're going to get into it pretty good. Well, we're big fans of CD Baby. We're big fans of Indie Week. Um, I've participated in the U.S. Is there anything different with Indie Week in Canada than versus U.S. Indie Week? Yeah, well, we're two totally different companies. Uh, I, I started Indie Week in Canada a few years before they started down there, but the main goals are the same to help uh, artists in education, but also connecting music industry reps with each other uh, and really trying to navigate through this whole mess of the music business as it keeps changing. And, uh, you know, it, it's the one thing that uh, every year there's new stuff to talk about. So year, how about every day? <laughs> Yeah, true. Especially now with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And how have you managed that kind of move to virtual? I mean, you've been doing this for a while. And so you had to kind of learn to build the plane as you were flying it. That's exactly the phrase we've been using. Uh, you, you know, last year, it was interesting because when it first started, um, I was in New Orleans for Folk Alliance. And we're all kind of joking about, like, we're all like elbow bumping and, you know, kicking each other instead of shaking hands. And then sure enough, I get home and then we're grounded. Um, yeah. We actually canceled Indie Week right off the bat. I didn't want to change a date to change a date to cancel. Exactly. So I just canceled. I, I said, we're going to start at the end and we're gonna just going to cancel. Um, <clears throat> but then I'd say it was around July that we started seeing a lot of the other major events canceling and then started thinking like, wait, there's not going to be a major music conference in Toronto this year. That's kind of weird. Uh, so we thought that there's actually a space for it to take place and maybe get more interest because of that. Um, and then as well, started seeing the comments online. A lot of people in the industry, especially artists, were a lot of despair and a lot of, you know, what's happening and questioning. So we thought it's actually more important to be part of the community moving forward as a positive message and try to bring people together uh, through having talks online and, and sharing and uh, a lot of networking. So it was like mid-July where we said, okay, we're going to do Indie Week. And we announced a date, put tickets on sale. We had nothing, nothing scheduled, like no sponsors, no, no grants. Pressure nothing uh so we put it together in about two and a half months three months uh and it was very successful uh the feedback has been nothing but positive uh we were getting comments like it was the best online conference that people attended um so with that moving forward we're going full steam ahead and we're probably doing about three or four online conferences this year not just one now well wow. let me ask you you know at some point you know, and we're all crossing our fingers that it will be at some point this year that we're going to come out of all these lockdowns and we can go back to face-to-face -face events. What are your goals moving forward once that happens? Are you going to continue 
both having online events and face-to-face and -face events? Are you gonna focus more on online events? Have you thought about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I'm one that, uh, I, I'm kind of like an optimizer. I like to do things in the shortest amount of time with maximum result kind of stuff. Uh, so we're now taking the same kind of step that we took last year. We're looking at the end, but right now, there is no end. We don't know. And there's so many different predictions. Like mm -hmm. literally tonight at midnight, Toronto goes into like the hardest lockdown we've had during this whole thing. And, and I'm looking yeah. at like, we do a lot of sort of predicting as much as we can. Uh, so it's kind of like, we're going to head into March with really big numbers where last year we were heading into March with no numbers and growing. So we're actually, really sort of projecting that this year's a write-off for any live events uh pretty much so in, again instead of planning something that's a maybe and change dates and stuff we're just going all online so so are are, are you saying that 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 basically you're just gonna wait until we are definitely out of this before you start planning the next live event exactly and and we might not go back to live like uh, with what we were able to do with this last Indie Week in November, we had more international speakers than ever before because we didn't have to deal with flights, hotels, timelines, schedules. Uh, and it was funny, even during it, like we partnered with Sim Sao Paulo in Brazil. And there's a day where we had a Latin America panel and the director of Sim Sao Paulo was on our panel. And directly after that panel, I had to go to, and go online for Sim Sao Paulo to talk on a CD Baby panel. And then some of my CD Baby reps from Asia and India had to leave that panel to come talk to Indie Week. So uh, we're more international than ever before, and we're just at home uh, switching Zoom calls. And Exactly. And, and that's interesting. You talk about that, um, Daryl. Sorry. Um, talk a little bit about these other territories, because I think people may get the wrong impression that you just handle and are involved with Canada, but it sounds like there, there are a lot of other territories that are participating. Absolutely. So as Indie Week, we, we actually ran an Indie Week in Ireland for six years, and then we had moved it to the UK, bigger market, and we were there for three years, but then Brexit happened. So we, we kind of stopped that because again, a lot of question marks. I don't like building an event around question marks and uh, you know, artists not able to go into UK as easily as before doesn't sound like a, a good way to do an international festival. So we pulled out of there. Uh, but we've also been partners with a festival in Brazil called Coma Fest for the last four years. And so we've been trading artists between festivals, like we present Canadian artists at Coma Fest, they present Brazil artists, and we're expanding that. Uh, you know, we're talking to festivals in the UK and Portugal. Um, other festivals in uh, and conferences in Brazil and other areas of Latin America. And right now it's all a possibility because it's online. And yeah. if I was an artist right now, I would be trying to attend as many of these as possible and building a market or connections in the places that I haven't been, but want to be. Sure. We're all locked down and we're all online more than ever. And, and this is the time to really connect and, and you can build audience quite easily, I believe, right now.
And yeah, how does that translate to workshops? Like, let's say you have some platform that's on or a DSP or, you know, which I imagine, I'm assuming that you do. Um, are you having more global platforms and less local platforms? Are you having people like, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Pandora, any of those type folks kind of uh, coming in and doing workshops? Yeah, absolutely. Or presentations or part of a panel. Yeah, um, yeah. We've been able to reach higher level industry as well because they're online, they're stuck at home uh, and they're easy to talk to much more than before. So, um, and as well by attending conferences, it's very easy in the chat and the sidebar to connect with other people. Where at a conference, they would have been at a table on a stage far away. And uh, so, so I'm, I'm actually very taking this in a very positive manner and you know, the results of last year, we're going to do three conferences, maybe four online. Uh, the first one is screen by screen, February 16th to 20th. And there we're focusing on music and tech. So things like uh, gaming, AI, VR, uh, and of course, live streaming, uh, basically the production value and where you can monetize in places uh, through tech. Uh, yeah. Then the next conference we're looking at is called Indie 101, and that's going to be in the spring, sort of probably more end of April or May. And that's going to be focused on independent artists and really kind of like the process, like a lot of education on the process of writing a song, producing a song, releasing a song, marketing a song. And, and we get guests from like show.co, uh, song trust, uh, downtown yeah. music, uh, yeah. share all their experience. Yeah. And then Indie Week is going to be in November again, and it's going to be, um, it's kind of encompasses everything. It's like the big one. Um, we were, we were, uh, you know, last year, it's like, okay, how do we do a conference online? And I was just like, let's just do it like we normally do. A lot of people are programming it afraid of like Zoom fatigue and stuff. So they'll do two hours a day, three hours a day. Uh, we did from like 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., sometimes 9 p.m., full solid days. And everybody's like, wow, that felt like a conference. So, yeah. so Indie Week's the big one, and we're going to encompass everything in there, but we really focus on international a lot. Um, yeah. Last year, we had six territories that we had discussions with. So like Africa, Asia, uh, UK and, and Ireland, South America, Mexico, US, of course, and... Uh, there's a central uh, Europe as well. So yeah, I had read, I had read somewhere that you had sent out a survey prior to doing these virtual conferences. Is that right? And, and talk a little bit about what you learned by sending out this uh, survey prior to the conferences. Right. You know, data and, and, and customer and client and user feedback is so crucial to putting this stuff together. Um, so we sent out a, a couple of surveys leading up to it, asking, you know, would you pay for something like this? And what would be the th threshold that you would, you know, uh, mm -hmm. pay a ticket price for? Uh, so it kind of helped guide us in pricing it. And we feel that we were pretty successful in, in that. Like, I mean, launching in three months and we sold a, a sizable amount of tickets, uh, which made it very 
comforting to know. Uh, that was great. Uh, but also a big part was we asked people when things do get back to normal and you like say if it was like tomorrow was the day that they said, all right, we're back to normal, live events are on. A lot of people said that they wouldn't go until six months after that date just because they want to make sure it's safe. Yeah. So, so that's the, that was the big question mark where I just said, okay, we can't try to do anything live because it's going to be six months after they, they say. Did, uh, did, did, did you get any feedback in, in regards to, you know, when, when you do an online event and you charge tickets for it, it's usually going to be significantly less than even buying the ticket to the live event. Um, now, you know, you also don't have to worry about, as, as a struggling musician, you don't have to worry about travel costs. You don't have to worry about hotel, food, all that other stuff that goes along with it that, frankly, is, is prohibitive to probably the vast majority of indie artists who are struggling to get by. Right. You know, are they, were you getting any feedback that when you can go back to live, are they willing to go back to the old pricing or do you think we're sort of not in a bad way, but are we cornering ourselves in that? Okay. Now I'm used to paying 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 50 bucks for an online convention. And, you know, next year it's back to $300 and, you know, I'm going to have a thousand dollars and other expenses. Is that, I see that as a big issue that especially seminars and events like what you've got are going to have to contend with? Well, you know, ultimately I feel that we've always been very sensitive to price points where I, I feel as some conferences might have pretty inflated price points. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where this kind of comes into play. It's like now we're sort of leveling the playing field and getting back to reality a little bit on it. Um, Ultimately, I think, you know, it, it, it's an interesting thing because for us, what we found, and we had a lot of feedback after, because we do surveys after, a lot of people tuned in because they could, whereas before they couldn't. So we had people across Canada tune in and pay for tickets because they're like, I've always wanted to go, but I couldn't get time off work. Exactly. Right. Maybe and I afford couldn't it. afford a flight and hotel. Hotels. And also some people were working and they just had another computer where they just listened in on. Yeah. Yep. Right. So that's very enticing for me to say, you know what, this is, this is actually a little bit maybe better platform for us. Uh, the other thing is, is we've recorded everything. So uh, the platform we used, they, we got an app. So for six months after it took place, People can log in through the app still and see Brilliant. the recording still. Yep. They can still click on all the attendee names and still email and still message. Perfect. Uh, and even in the app, they can still do a meetup and say, hey, everybody, want to meet next Tuesday at 6 p.m.? And That's really valuable. Huge. And you couldn't do that in live, in person. Uh, and, and I, I, you know, it's funny, like every time there is a panel, there's a rush to the stage right when it's done. Everybody's trying to hand a card and hand yep. a CD. Yep. It's just click the email and the app and, and, or. No, I'm, 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 
I'm getting, I'm getting feedback, feedback here. Yeah, I'm starting to get. I'm starting to hear feedback from you too right now, one, Michael. Two. All right, there so it's now gone. It seems better. Um, I'm a big fan of where things are going in the online capacity, not just for events like yours, but live streaming and everything else, because it just, you know, life changes for people. Life happens. Let's put it that way, and you might not be able to go to that show, but I'd still like to see the show. I'd still like to support the artists. I'd still like to listen to that one panel. And, you know, to make a commitment to spend hundreds of dollars to go to anybody's real event, that's a big commitment. A and you, you know, you sit, and I've done this. I'm sure we've all done this. You, After it's all said and done, you look back and go, well, did I meet enough people to warrant what I spent on this? Oh, I got six six business cards because as you said it's a mad rush to the the podium and you know you may not get anything before before they bolt out of there and you can't find them hanging out in the bar afterwards it's a bust for you here these live events yeah i can be working and sit here on my ipad and have it going and get into a sidebar chat room and you know you provide an email address or twitter contact or something like that and yeah. And to Daryl's point, you know, maybe you you're too busy that day and you can only catch a couple of hours of it, but it's archived and you can go back and check it later. I find that one of the things about these conferences uh, pre-COVID that made them so appealing is everything you just said, Daryl, but also the part that I think a lot of people miss is that the value of some of these conferences aren't the workshops, aren't the panels, aren't some of these discussions. It's seeing the guy in line at the coffee shop in the hotel or running into somebody at the lobby. Um, And I feel like if you can kind of crack that nut a little bit, and it sounds like from what you're describing, you can have some of that engagement and it doesn't have to be right at that time. Have you have you talked about that internally, about some of the importance of some of that social interaction as well as the scheduled programming? Absolutely, that's a huge factor. Uh, it's about who you know this business, you know? And if it's not, it's it sure is easier when you know more people, you know? Uh, and And, you know, one thing that I didn't mention you know, when we said we're going to do Indie Week, it was literally like, okay, throw a website page up with the dates and registration. And we got nothing. But what we did is we started a, a free weekly discussion every Tuesday called Indie Weekly. Ah. And, and, you know, for us, it was like, now we've got something to market every week leading yeah. up to the conference because we're behind the eight ball like normally i'm planning january february march april getting all our speakers organized and sponsors and all that stuff and i'm like i've got three months how are we going to market it let's do something free right and we literally had no topic we're like just tell people it's tuesday next week <laughs> and uh have them sign up right But the beauty is, is that we then captured emails every week through the registration process. The first week, there was about 34 people that tuned in, uh, but it grew to where we had on average 100 people every Tuesday, and it was from around the world. And we started having some high level people join in. Like I'm going, the beauty of registration is you can go, oh, Sony Germany 
is tuning in and Medium's tuning in and you know, now we've got all yeah. the, like Q Prime tuned in, like, manager, like managers of Metallica. Yeah. You know? Sure. So, so that now we've got this list where we can then send an email out saying, "Hey, Indie Week's happening. Here's a ticket price." Exactly. And and uh, things like for you tuning in, here's a promo code for twenty percent off. Right. So so that's how we were able to market in a very short period of time by doing something free. But we really have built an actual loyal online following that tune into everything we do. And now when we put tickets on sale, they're the ones that are buying them right away. Well, and, there's value there. Yeah. Yeah. And so the importance is, like, I look at it as, like, building an indie artist. We're kind of rebuilding our platform, like building a band. And you got to build your fans. And you got to think these are our super fans. You got to treat them like gold. And, and, and keep rewarding them. And uh, for us, it's by producing really good content, having access to that content, but then having access to each other and networking. And yeah. that's, been, that's been gold for us. How you do know, you, some, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, one of the couple things that, that exist in the real world event space that you see almost all the time are, uh, maybe a small exhibit space where sponsors have tables set up so you can walk by and meet and talk to that person. Um, and then it's artist performances, showcases, just, hey, so-and-so is playing in the hotel bar tonight. How are you thinking of that aspect of the real world? Because, you know, what, what Jay and I have always talked about, especially in reference to live streaming is, you can't just pick up what you did exactly in the real world and put a camera on it and stream it. It doesn't work that way. You've got to yeah. take advantage of what a, a stream gives you that you can't do online. But at the same time, to Jay's earlier point about running into somebody at the, at, you know, in the coffee line, you've got to think about how people are used to these events. Yeah. It's so you know, uh, so first off, I'm going to say uh, about the exhibits. So the platform we had has like exhibit booths for partners and sponsors. And basically, it's, it's like going to a web page, but there's, uh, you know, contact information, special offers, pro promo codes, things like that. So and you can exchange contacts. So so that handled that part quite well. Um, and in the platform as well, there's a, a thing called meetups and anybody could literally say, Hey, I'm having a meetup at 2 PM and it's all within the platform and creates a zoom like appearance like this and anyone could join in. So it's kind of like being at the lobby bar, the hotel and just kind of meeting up impromptu. So that was allowed to happen. And, and it, Technically, it's still anybody could on the platform. It's live for six months, so they could still do that. Uh, so that kind of takes care of that meeting and impromptu bump into people stuff. Um, but the showcasing kind of stuff, we we really one it, it a lot of what I'm seeing is not right, like the quality of you know you have a showcase and the purpose is industry are there to potentially book that artist. And I'm seeing a lot of showcasing, not really representing what the artist could do properly. 
and, gotcha. and you're worrying about the results. Um, but I do, if I can just bring up an email, I got this email yesterday, just so you know, uh, if I can read part of it. Sure, sure. So this is from Hannah Danilova. She's a manager of a band called Nietzsche's. And I saw Nietzsche's on a showcase for Mondo New York, which was streamed on YouTube. And it was a live one and, and uh, chat was open and a lot of industry people I know from LA were there and chatting and it, it was kind of an interesting hang on a Friday night at eight o'clock. Um, but I really liked the band. So I contacted the manager. She'd been in touch with me and said, do you have that video? Because we could rebroadcast the video at Indie Week. So that's something that's also very interesting because if an artist has a really good performance capture, yep. that could be their showcase as opposed to playing live five different places and maybe having one really good performance and one bad and two okay. You could really take this video and, and, and really utilize it. So I got this email from Hannah yesterday and she said, as a result of participation at Indie Week, having conversations with people, I built meaningful connections with Cashbox Radio, uh, three record labels, one is in Poland, festival bookers such as Summerfest, which is biggest in the States, uh, music supervisors, publicists, PR companies, music managers. Uh, that's the short list of what we really accomplished. And then the other thing is, is now they're playing, uh, NAM has an online conference and showcase happening this month and they're playing at nam as a result of being at indie week and they played the video at indie week as a result of mondo so you can really like if you produce a really good video yep. that's quality yeah yeah you could use that as your showcase at all of these conferences and it's like if it's in brazil that's a new audience it's not as if it's a replay of the video it's new to them Exactly. So, exactly. So, I mean, I've I've always felt I've always felt that that's becoming the best option for quote live stream. It's do the fake live stream, do a live stream of a pre-recorded show, because you know before we 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 hit the record button here, we are we were dealing with technical issues, just in a Zoom call here, <laughs> and you know one of the things I've learned over decades of being on the internet is you want to cut out as many potential technical hurdles that could destroy what you're doing. And if you do a real live stream, the first hurdle is what is the quality of where the band is set up and performing? And yep. then the next hurdle is what's your events bandwidth capacity and what is all that? So if the band can sit here and go, well, I don't have to worry about my bandwidth and my cameras and a microphone dropping out and a broken guitar string and all that other stuff, pre-record it, edit it, redo it if you need to, send it directly to, to the event like you, you've removed a big chunk of a hurdle that could become an embarrassment if your show, middle of a song and things just start you know, getting all snowflakes and, and audio dropouts and everything else. So, yeah, I, I, I think that is the way bands need to really start thinking is pre-record something and yeah, use yeah. it over and over and over again. 
absolutely and and like we said everybody's online all these events are online this is a huge opportunity for artists like this is an artist from russia that i would never have had access to i just saw it through mondo yeah so give credit to mondo um and i was like that and i have to give credit they that was actually a live performance uh, for the mondo one it was just really high production but it, it's recorded so in my eyes as a conference and festival pr programmer i'm like again technical issues i just went to the manager and said could i have access to that particular video send me the mp4 and and i i will put that video in zooms and conference stuff for sure and and you know when they say yes i know what i'm getting yeah. right so as a conference or a programmer i know what i'm going to deliver to my audience it's not a question mark so all that tech stuff was just taken out off the table and i just go give me the file and we'll run it yeah it's new to you as as you say um, before we run out of time, there's there's something that's near and dear to my heart, and I know it's near and dear to Michael's heart too. And it's something that I read that you're involved in, and I would really love to to hear your take on it. And that is kind of the issue of you know um, mental health and and kind of um, how it relates to what we all do. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. It's. Uh... You know, this industry is is like no other. <laughs> it's it's uh, one of the best industries to be involved in and at times of the worst. Uh, you know, it's it's hard, um, especially now there's no real blueprints for a lot of the emerging artists coming out. You know, I feel I was very lucky. There was a C circuit, a B circuit, an A circuit. Uh, you had to do these certain things to kind of climb the ladder, getting an agent was first and all that kind of stuff. And, and now all that's kind of just gone and, and it's like, hey, I'm gonna be an artist, what do I do? And it's, it's very hard. And, and so it's very troubling to a lot of people, especially young people, you face a lot of uh, basically people that are going to critique you you have long hours, long trips, really poor uh, decisions in what food you're going to eat along those trips. And then as well, there's a lot of access to, you know, the other things that come along with this, you know, the, the cliche sex, drugs, rock That's and right. roll. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I remember just a personal thing. I remember playing at a small town in Alberta and, you know, after the show, a guy coming to me, he's like, what do you want? I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, like, what do you want? I'll get it for you. I'm like, no, no, it's all, I'm, I'm good. He's like, no, no, I can get you anything. Uh, no. And he's like, you don't have to pay for it. I'll just, just tell me how much and what you want. I want a prime yeah. rib. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and I was like, no, no, it's all, all good. But, but that's the thing is like, there's yeah. access. But that's reality. That's reality. So um, how do you protect yourself from that? And how do you keep yourself healthy? Um, Indie Week, I'm very proud to say, I feel we're the first to have a focus on mental health. I believe it was five years ago uh, where we had uh, discussions about it and it's about addiction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark Atkins was one of our speakers and Chuck, the tour manager for Alice in Chains was a speaker. Um, mm -hmm. 
I mean, Allison Chains has faced as much of this kind of stuff as you can get in a band. Um, and, and so there's an organization in Canada that we support called the Unison Benevolent Fund. And they're uh, an organization that if you're in the music business, they will help financially and through counseling. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a band. It could be a guitar tech. It could be a sure. anybody in the music industry, if they need help, this organization is there. So uh, we're very proud to you know, support them last year and this year. Uh, anybody buying a ticket, there's an option to pay $5. And Indie Week will match that up to a certain amount. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're raising money for a good cause and, and hopefully spreading the word and yeah. telling people that there is a place you can call or access information if you need to. And, and it was a very sad year. Uh, uh, I would say, okay, so from 2019 Indie Week to 20, tw 20, uh, 20 Indie Week, sorry, I'm getting my years mixed up. Uh, we'd lost about three performers to suicide. And, and uh, one was an artist that I was going to, just about to start working with as she was going to move to Toronto. Um, and during COVID, one of them was just basically literally a month before Indie Week last year. So, uh, and we believe it's, it's a result of, you know, the pressures of COVID. So, yeah. it, it, you know, well, to say that- Kudos to you for, for doing that. It is so important. It's something that, you know, Michael and I are lucky enough to have this platform and we we shot from the rooftops often but we don't see it enough in the business and when i read that about what you were doing i was really happy to see that and, and i'm thrilled that you're doing that because it makes a difference absolutely you know and and some people have reached out to me in confidentiality saying that they've used that service and, awesome. and some people are like we'll match what you match or uh, things like that Good. So it is, it is a, a pay it forward. And, and also, if anything has happened out of COVID, we've all kind of become level playing field. You know, that guy in that big office in LA, you can still mm -hmm. see him on Zoom now. And he's probably in a hoodie, just like we all are. And yeah. uh, we're in a black cap, just like yep. <laughs> we all are. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I think it's a more human business uh, again. And I, if anything that comes out of COVID, um, we have access to more information and sharing and really a sense of community, even though we're international. So we take care of each other. Yeah, I think that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Daryl, um, where can people find you, learn more about CD Baby in Canada and Indie Week and how can they participate how can they you you said you have three conferences coming up uh, how can they find out about it register be a part of it learn more about it absolutely uh the main hub is indieweek.com i-n-d-i-e-w-e-e-k.com uh that's where we make all our announcements and links to the other events and su such um anything there plus all our socials just look indie week on facebook twitter instagram uh, okay. Every week, uh, we're on kind of like our off season right now, uh, but restarting in February is going to be our free Tuesday sessions, and that's usually around 4 p.m. every 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
every Tuesday and that's free. You just have to register ahead of time. Uh, until then on our off season, we're actually rebroadcasting on our Facebook Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Awesome. Some of the episodes. Um, and then as far as CD Baby Canada goes, follow us on Instagram. It's CD Baby Canada. If you're a CD Baby artist, uh, click the link on the bio there and you could submit tracks for our Canada playlist uh, and things like that. And I'm really easy to find. Just look up my name and if anybody wants to reach out. Uh, I'm and that's that's Daryl Hers, D-A-R-R-Y-L and H-U-R-S, Daryl Hers. Yeah, awesome. Daryl, it's it's been such Thank a pleasure so talking to you, and and I can't wait to dig into some of these things now. And uh, you know, we'd love to have you on again. Fantastic discussion. Thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, well, thank you guys, and uh, you know, I I love these kind of talks, you know, because it allows us to really get into it, and and uh, I really appreciate this. So thank you for what yeah. you got. Thank you for making yeah. some time for us. Thank you. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Great discussion with Daryl. You know, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound odd, but, you know, there's some good things that have, I feel like have come out of COVID. You know, it's just the truth. It's just, it's it's the truth. I mean, and at the end, would I, wish COVID never happened, of course, but it's, of course. it's, it's opened our eyes to new ways to do things online. And it's really yeah. forced us to embrace technology. We're and learning new tricks. You're learning new tricks. And, and listening it's to Daryl talk about, you know, how the, all these conventions that we either used to go to or wished we could go to, um, are moving online and how they're doing it and why they're more accessible. That's right. All artists of all levels is just great. I mean, I've, I've said this before, there's some great conventions out there, but some of them I'm like, you know, the admission ticket is like $300 if you Plus buy it in advance or flight. $700 the day of, and you're right, hotels, flights, and Meals. Let's, be on, let's be honest, they're holding them in not the cheapest cities. You know, they'd hold them in, in Los Angeles or Nashville or something like that, where you're like, the cheapest hotel is $250 a night. That's yeah. tough to afford. And if you're coming from a big corporation, maybe that's no, not a problem. But if you're not, that's a lot of money. And there's multiple conferences. Like in a couple of weeks, they have the Nylon, New York, NY. London, LON, Nylon. Um, and I've always wanted to go to that. Well, now I can participate virtually. And some of the things that you're alluding to with Daryl and Indie Week is now I think more people are going to go because A, you don't have to lay out all that cash, uh, which is great. But the other part he talks about is how they archive some of the workshops and panels and discussions and that's really valuable. So if you're watching one day, maybe you watch a little bit one day, maybe you catch up on something the next, maybe you rewatch something. It makes it more valuable in some strange ways. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. It makes it more accessible is what it comes down to. And, and you know, we can ex- access this stuff while doing something else. I mean, that's the beauty of it. You don't have to carve out 
three days, five days of your life, of your work, of, of whatever to go fly somewhere yeah. and do this. Now, you know, and granted, there's a lot of great benefits to in-person stuff. But I think the fact that this is that 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 moving these conventions online is allowing more people who probably actually need these conventions mm -hmm. to get the access to them. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm just uh, I'm excited to see see and hear what what Daryl's doing with the Indie Week conference up in Canada. So, um, you know by all means, head over to IndieWeek.com and, and check out what they're offering and sign up for their lists and get into their free weekly chats and all the other stuff that he was talking about. Yeah, we'll see you there. Um, so before we wrap up, just a real quick shout out once again to HypeBot, Bands in Town, Bandzoogle, and Disc Makers. Thank you for everything you do to support us week Thank in you. and week out. And if it. you are watching us or listening to us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, subscribe uh, subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, leave comments, love reading comments, love hearing from people, whether you want to send an email, whether you want to leave the comment, it means a lot to hear from you guys. So um, guys and girls don't want to be sexist. Don't mean to be sexist. Um, it's a general term. You guys it's a general term. Exactly. Um, so that's it. We will see you next episode.